following podcast deals with topics of a sexual nature and is intended for mature audiences only. Kinks and Tangents. Episode 8. Hello! <laughs> hey guys, it's uh, it's been a while. It's 2020. 2020. I hope you guys had a good holiday season. Yeah. And uh, Valentine's Day at the time of this recording is like a week away. Yeah. So everybody's freaking out and trying to get gifts for their loved ones or lack thereof. Yeah. Get gifts for yourself. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. But uh, yeah, I'm really excited about the subject that we are going to talk about today. It is um, exhibitionism and voyeurism. Mm-hmm. Um, we originally talked about doing like porn, but then it yeah. felt like so obscure and like I didn't yeah. know what to do with that. So I'm really happy that we decided to go down this path. Yeah. So the original topic was going to be cam girls and then we were talking and we realized this is a much deeper subject than what we thought because that goes into exhibition exhibitionism, which goes into voyeurism. Yeah. And then you have a lot of history and caveats and statistics about that. So we're just like... Let's do it. Yeah, we've decided that what we're going to do is we're going to um, sort of define exhibitionism, voyeurism. We are going to talk about cam girls. We are going to talk <laughs> about porn um, and lots of other cool stuff. So yeah. um, I wanted to open up this episode with, um, and I feel like this this happens more often with um, certain kinks than others. Uh-huh. Um, I really wanted to go into like the fact that it is okay to have a kink and to have certain things turn you on. Absolutely. And we are all unique, beautiful, wonderful creatures. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is not okay to make anybody participate um, in sexual acts, even if there's no bodily contact, if they are underage, unwilling, or unaware. Yep. And voyeurism and exhibitionism are very much in that um, in that realm where you could be exposing yourself to people accidentally yeah. who are not interested in having somebody expose themselves. Um, So I really wanted to be sure that we hammer in that you can do exhibitionism and voyeurism and and it can be an illegal thing. So you have to be very, very careful. We we do have indecent exposure and peeping Tom laws in this country and Mm -hmm. in very many countries. Um, Things that are illegal voyeurism is things like upskirting and down blousing. I didn't, yeah. I've never heard of downloading before, of but it makes either. sense, yeah. right? Total sense. And what that is, is uh, taking photos and videos using cameras or phones or small cameras, um, peeping through people's windows, um, things mm-hmm. like that are criminal acts. And Absolutely. we are, by discussing these things, we are not at all promoting or encouraging people to do these things. Do not do these don't, things. Don't do it. Um, it. It was very interesting uh, doing the research for this episode because when you look up voyeurism and exhibitionism statistics Mm -hmm. coming from a safe and consensual standpoint it was few and far between yeah because all the articles that we we saw up here on the screen was just news reports of (laughs) yeah of people getting arrested right and being creepy yeah um illegal exhibitionism and indecent exposure are (laughs) um deliberate exposures in public or um in view of the general public by a person um, mm-hmm. And it's like exposure where it's like things that you're doing that are morally not considered to be okay. Mm-hmm. So um, do keep in mind that in California, mm-hmm. for us, um, indecent exposure can be probably something a little bit more extreme yeah. than other things. Like two gay men walking down the street, holding hands, kissing each other is not considered a lewd act. No. Um, in Ohio, people, not to call out Ohio or whatever, or Texas or any of these other states, but like that might be viewed differently. Yeah, or um, in a different country. Or in a different country. Like, for example, um, you could have bare breasts in New York. I didn't know this. I, I didn't know this until <laughs> I did research. So, like, things like that. So be very aware that wherever you are, you need to be very um, sensitive and, and cautious of whatever sort of the moral dictates are, I guess, you, moral yeah. and legal dictates are. Yeah. And also, I, I thought it was really important to, to mention this. Peeping and flashing are often and can be gateway drugs to sexual assault. Yes, They're, absolutely. Um, they are overt and covert acts. Um, peeping is more covert and therefore mm-hmm. less often caught. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, flashing is an overt act, so mm-hmm. those sorts of people do tend to get caught and punished as a result. Yep. Both are not okay. Both are illegal. One is just more obvious than the other. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just really wanted to put that out there that as somebody who's really into true crime, there there <laughs> are direct correlations between um, serial killers to get super tip. Yeah, to yeah. Escalate I'm, this I'm, very quickly. Go, go on and on this. Um, I'm, I'm really serial interested. killers. So serial killers do tend to have a history of peeping. 
That's fascinating. Especially serial killers with a sexual component. Mm-hmm. Um, there are high instances of peeping being a part of um, sexual assault as well. Mm-hmm. So um, I really wanted to put that out there, do our due diligence, and again say, like, this podcast does not no. at all support, and we caution against, and we yeah. do not want you guys doing these sorts of things. And we do also celebrate this very real kink that, that a lot of people enjoy. Enjoy. Question though, <sighs> going back on that tangent. Yes. Yes. I love a tangent. About, about serial killers. <laughs> yes. Is it mostly male? Yes. So okay. um, serial killers do tend to be male, mm-hmm. um, and acts of sexual assault do happen to be perpetrated by men often against women. That's just an unfortunate sort of reality of society. And this this does not necessarily skew, skew just to be America mm-hmm. uh, and Canada. Um, it's it's pretty consistent across the entire it's human really species. Because uh, going through my research, I was looking at a Psychology Today article about, uh, it, it was a little bit about exhibitionism and voyeurism, but uh, they were talking about the link with male sexuality and how men tend to get turned on with visual stimuli. It, true. Yeah. And it it's a pathway. The brain just explodes with activity huh. whenever that visual stimuli is, is there. So I'm wondering if that's, if, if these people have underlying conditions where, you know, they're becoming psychotic or, you know, engaging in serial killer acts. Yeah. If that is kind of stimulating them to do those actions. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like, we can do sort of armchair psychology. Neither of us are psychologists (laughs) or or sexual psychologists. And uh, we're just casual sort of observers of of these acts and sometimes do these acts and and spin (laughs) in these kinks. But, yeah, it would would entirely be my bias to say that um, there is direct correlation between... Um, male sexuality and mm-hmm. and sort of the aggressive nature that that sexuality can turn yeah um, which is which is unfortunate but that's not to say that because you are an exhibitionist or because you are really into voyeurism that doesn't mean that you are a horrible creepy person that mm-hmm. is going to kill people yeah it does not mean <laughs> that it's not it's not like a square and rectangle sort of situation yeah. um, it's it, but I feel like it is really important to talk about that and that yeah. there is a predilection for it yeah that being said, yeah. um, I wanted to kind of go into the definition of like, maybe you, dear listener, are a voyeur <laughs> or an exhibitionist. Yeah. So um, here's what I have down for my notes. Um, mm-hmm. You might be a voyeur if you enjoy watching porn, if you mm-hmm. like to watch your partner masturbate or do like jack off instructions. Um, mm-hmm. If you attend kink parties or dungeons and like parties like, like that and enjoy watching people like you're mm-hmm. like there, you're socializing, you're doing your own thing, but you also enjoy watching people do scenes and Mm -hmm. and do spankings or rope tyings or whatever. Um, If you ask your your partner if you can videotape them, Um, if you enjoy, like while you're doing sexy times, um, you, if you enjoy cuckolding or cut queening, that is also like a voyeuristic act, um, or watching yourself have sex in a mirror, like all of Mm -hmm. these things might be indicators that you may enjoy voyeurism. Even, even, uh, facts of, uh, what we discussed in an earlier episode about group sex, like same room sex. Yeah, absolutely. Like being sort of in a orgy situation or a threesome situation. Like for me, um, I get tired very easily and like having a threesome. So I'm just like, I'm going to watch, like you guys do your thing. Like I'm just, and it's not like, Ooh, like I'm going to watch you guys. Like I'm being creepy. It's just like, I'm drinking some water and like, it's actually just kind of fun to like watch two human bodies squirm for a while. And I'm just like, that's fascinating. Like, yeah. Or I'll just be like, wow, I wish I was that flexible. <laughs> you know, like that's yeah. totally a thing. Yeah. That's, that's like, like, like the first time I went to a dungeon, I was expecting one thing and then like going, going, viewing all the rooms and seeing all the different scenes. I was just like, huh? Like human sexuality itself is so fascinating. You yeah. Know, I was coming in with the idea of like, oh, I'm going to see body parts and you know, sex in action, but it, it, there was so much more to it. Yeah. And I was just like, this is just really fun to watch. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a spectrum of people watching yeah. really. And it, and it doesn't have to be strangers. It doesn't have to be uh, people that you don't know or like your mm-hmm. friends. It could be like watching your partner get dressed or undressed. Like yeah. that is totally yeah. a form of voyeurism. Absolutely. Um, but again, like I do really want to like emphasize like these are people doing consensual things with each other and you are watching it with their consent. Yeah. Um, same thing with like, if you really enjoy watching porn because you mm-hmm. love watching people have sex or um, you've watched an R rated movie and they're mm-hmm. making out and you're like, wow, that's pretty hot like that. You're it's, it's a form of voyeurism. Yeah. It's a very, like very much that, or like even um, 
like recording homemade porn and yeah. you watch it for yourself. Yeah. Like it's not like you're watching to be like, oh, my technique is like not good, right? Like you're yeah, watching yeah. it so that you can enjoy it later. And like, yeah. I, I feel like um, we all have little bits and pieces of that. Yeah. For sure. Or it's like if people were kids like back in the 90s and they had cable, like all the scramble channels were like Playboy. Skidamax! Skidamax! <laughs> yeah. And like you're like trying to record and like pausing through like all the static, trying to get that picture of a breast yeah you're like bringing the magnet closer to the screen yeah yeah (laughs) that that's still a form of warriorism totally yeah and then um also you might be an exhibitionist if Mm -hmm. you've messed around in the back of a cab or a movie theater um or even an elevator maybe you really enjoy taking selfies of yourself and like sending them to people um maybe the the thought of like being caught or seen having sex like or Mm -hmm. masturbating like in a totally safe space um might be arousing to you um absolutely or even like something as simple as like wearing a really short skirt and like maybe going commando and like the thought of accidentally flashing somebody um Mm -hmm. is like really arousing and like for i it seems that like the pattern that i'm seeing and observing Mm -hmm. um and i'm not speaking for all people because i i can't speak for the whole world Mm -hmm. um but it seems like the the pattern for like voyeurism is like feeling inspired, feeling excited, yeah. being fascinated, being curious, seeking sort of um, a new perspective on like how people interact. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then for like the exhibitionist, it seems to be more like feeling wanted, feeling desired, showing off. Like yeah. these are all things yeah. that we have as humans outside of our sexual practices as well. Yeah, like for me personally, I've sent nude pics to people I've dated. Right. And, like, you get that rush of, like, they're accepting you for who you are and they think you're sexy. Right. And then on the complete opposite end, I've done anonymous pictures on Reddit. What? Yeah. I didn't know this. Yeah. Tell me more. Yeah. So uh, I, I went to a, a certain subreddit. It was, like, Gone Wild or, you know, like, any of the nude subreddits. Right. And I was just feeling a bit in the mood one yeah. night and I was just like, oh, I'm just going to take a pic, you know, just do it super anonymous and see what people say. And just like getting all those really positive comments. That's and it's so, like people like saying affirming. that's so hot. And it's just like, it's one thing thinking other people are turned on by you, but it's also like really affirming that like, they're like, you look good. Yeah. That, that feedback, that, look. that feedback look. And you're just like, I feel really handsome and I feel turned on. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, there's there's so many things that are sort of involved in, in voyeurism and exhibitionism. Mm-hmm. I think we, the way that we learn our fundamental learning patterns are observation. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, that sort of in human nature. And then there's also just this desire to be seen and heard and, yeah. and, and appreciated. So yeah. you can always see sort of these patterns throughout all of these kinks where it's like this thing that all of us desire as humans. Yeah. And like, for example, in, in BDSM, giving orders, having power, giving, um, giving and receiving control, mm-hmm. um, exchanging control and power. Like that is a normal part of any human society. Yeah. Um, but then it's amped up and, and funneled through a sexual sort of tunnel and it, it's still very much a human behavior. So if, yeah. if anybody that's listening to this is, is like high, maybe weirded out or like confused about like exhibitionism and voyeurism, I think looking at it from that perspective of like, this is just a human behavior that yeah. is, Sexy for some people. Yeah. And if it's, if it's, you know, with, again, like with fully consenting people involved in it. Yeah. It's affirming. It's, it's you. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Totally. But yeah, so, um, what I thought was really interesting and like on that note is, Mm -hmm. um, it is one of the more popular kinks Mm -hmm. to be either a voyeurist or an exhibitionist. Um, and it's like pretty much on the same level as like BDSM and foot stuff. Really? Yeah. I, I thought that that was super, um, fascinating. And like, there's a lot of people that like find it very sexy to like have sex or being potentially being caught like in a parked car, a balcony, um, a movie theater. Like these are very, very common places in which people do sexy, sexy things. Mm -hmm. I, for one, been there, done that for all of those (laughs) things in, in, Lots of places where I should not have, um, yeah. yeah. So um, that not, is a thing. Not on the sand on fun. the not on the sand on the beach. I have had lots of sex on the sand in the beach in Southern California. Uh, I do not recommend it. Don't re- yeah. I've the done sand it. I've is done so it. It's disgusting. Awful. It's awful. Like I did it, and I'm like never again. Yeah. And, like, the sand was cold. It was like 
Yes. Middle of April. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've been, well, I grew up by the beach. Yeah. So I, this was like a regular occurrence <laughs> for me. Um, and now that I'm like older and wiser and I have my own private spaces. See, and that's the thing. I feel like being a, a, a shithead 17 year old mm-hmm. fooling around with another shithead 17 year old, like where else are you going to do it? In yeah, a lot of instances, like, which yeah, is why you tend like you, to... You don't have that many spots of privacy. Right. Yeah. Which is why I feel like you tend to hear more stories of people having sex in weird places. Mm-hmm. And then you, like, investigate a little bit more and you realize it's like, oh, it's because you had a roommate. Oh, it's because you lived with your parents. Oh, it's because you didn't have a place. And yeah. you're just like, fuck it. I've seen yeah. people have sex at, like, the, like, gay clubs. Yeah. In, like... West Hollywood, like we oh, used yeah. to go to Rage all the time. Yeah, seen, been there, done that. Yeah, well, I think part of that's also like how inebriated are you? Yeah, because I've been, I've been to tons of Rage. Yeah, I was about to say yeah. together is one. Together is one. That was one year we both didn't. We, wasn't it? Were we at the same rave where we saw people having sex? It was like a couple of rows behind us, or have we both just had this? Story? We both have yeah. like a similar story. So I went. um it was actually EDC. I went to EDC when it was still in Los Angeles at the Coliseum. Rip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the old one. Not not like the super, yeah. you know, mainstream one. But, uh, the shit one. <laughs> the shit one. Um, I was up on the top bleachers just chilling out. And then three rows above me, there's a couple not, not being discreet. Their clothes were off. Yeah. Just doing it. Girl on top riding this guy on the bleachers on the top balcony. Yeah. Like, yeah. in the middle of the rave. Yeah, and I've seen this, like, at raves. I've seen this, especially in Southern California beaches. I've seen it at Venice a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, like, as somebody who just, like, is super fascinated by, like, other people, especially when other people are doing things that are not normal other people yeah. behavior. Like, I saw a guy, okay, total tangent. <laughs> uh, I was in Hollywood the other day, and I saw a guy who was, like, really drugged out, and I just, like, I was trying to, like, piece together, like, what his deal is. Because he reminded me a lot of an ex-boyfriend of mine. Really? And, yeah, he had that very, like, druggy sort of vibe. And I was like, oh, he's he's high. And then I, I guess I, like, figured out that, like, he was high on heroin. And I just was, like, fascinated. I was like, what? Yeah. I have never seen this before. And he was, like, very much high. Yeah. And not in, like, a sexy sort of, like, internal... Uh, what's, that, what's that movie? Uh, Aronofsky movie. Um, I forgot the name of it. Oh, my God. Um, Requiem for a Dream. Yes. And it's not... And that movie does not, like, glorify being high in fact if anything it's like the like, opposite yeah but it's even still like jared leto being high is like the hottest thing ever <laughs> but then again it's jared leto it's not the fact yeah. that he's high and yeah. so i'm like watching this like horrible lost soul mm-hmm. um not that the person's horrible but it's just like really sad right like this person's out in public in hollywood high off his ass but i'm still fascinated like i am that sort of a person so i whenever i see other people doing sexy sexy times in public uh-huh. i'm very much like interesting technique and i yeah. try not to stare because there's like Going to kink clubs, kink clubs and dungeons, there is a level of it where you are having an exhibitionist vibe. Otherwise, yeah. you'd be doing this in the privacy of your own home, right? Yeah. yeah. So, like, there are rules around, like, there's an understanding that you are technically in a public space in this dungeon. All of these people are consenting adults. And, and you are consenting to be viewed. To being viewed. Yeah. And that might be interesting for you. Yeah. And, like, that might be part of the humiliation of... And it's heightening the experience for you. But there are still rules. Like, yeah. you can't be wildly fucking somebody in most dungeons. That is, like, not a thing. Yeah. And there's, like, rules around penetration. There's rules around um, being an observer. Whether mm-hmm. you're there as another person that is also doing something sexy, sexy times in a nearby room or in the same, like, large room. Mm-hmm. Um, standing there and watching for, like, 30 seconds to a minute is totally acceptable. Yeah. As long as you are not interrupting... Yeah. anything as long as you're yeah. not being noisy as long as you're not masturbating like uh-huh. there's a whole lot of rules yeah. like to consensually enjoy each other in one way or another mm-hmm. but again this is a consensual space and everybody's yeah. acting within still these sort of rules yeah of, you, you have these boundaries like you're expected to not jump in and want to participate right or you know actively masturbate but like there are spaces where it is consensual amongst everybody participating so you know yeah, like a, like a kinky party. Or yeah, whatever, and, and yeah. a kink party. Or a yeah. swingers party. Swingers yeah, party. A, yeah, a swingers party or like, you know, even at home if you're doing like a group play activity. Yeah. Where like, yes, masturbate to us. Yeah. Like it's totally fine. But again, there's still that conversation of like consent of like we are going to do sexy, sexy times. You can masturbate. But then yeah. like, please don't come on me. Yeah. Like, keep it in a tissue. Like, so... Yeah, or like, like just do it, but be a fly on the wall. Like, or 
you know, don't okay. fucking give me commentary. Yeah. Or give me commentary. Get, right? Give me commentary or yeah. like, you know, ex- like explain, like explain just how much you're loving it. Right. You know? Yeah. A friend of mine, um, she, she doms somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, what she's done with him before is she will basically like, she's never let him see her naked. Like she's very, like very much, there's a lot of rules around sort uh-huh. of the way that she doms him. They, they are not like a sexy, sexy relationship. It's mm-hmm. just like her sub and he will like clean the cat litter cat litter guy oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so this this guy's like clean her cat's litter with his hands and he <laughs> loved it he was very happy so one of the things that she's done and this is again a form of voyeurism and and exhibitionism mm-hmm. is she's let him sit outside of her bedroom with the door closed listening to her have sex really and i've actually done that in college as well where i was just like ah, eh, you can listen that's fine yeah but like the thought of somebody watching me have sex, I don't know if I'd be down for that. Yeah. Like, I like I don't know. If I was with somebody and they were like, would you be down to let my friend watch me? I'd be like, yeah, it, like, makes you happy. I'd be fine with it. Mm-hmm. But I, like, wouldn't go out of my way to be like, do you want to watch me have sex? Like, that's yeah. just not for me. But if I yeah. found out later, like, oh, this person hurt us, I'd be like, eh. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing I could do about it now. Not yeah. that, it, but it, yeah, uh, yeah. looking back, it's like not like oh, this person heard me having sex. Oh, like it makes me feel good. Like I'm just that's just yeah. not me. Yeah, like for me, it's I would have to like talk to that person and be like, hey, like do you really like if you really want to you know listen to me or watch me, like I'm totally cool with it. That's yeah. that's fucking hot. Like, yeah, absolutely. I think but, you're more of an exhibitionist than I am. Yeah, in that way for sure. But if it's like some rando or like someone like peeped in or like was listening like without my consent then yeah i'd be really really like just grossed out by it out. yeah i'd be weirded out and grossed out by it i feel like because i've thought about this like what if i was a cam girl what if i did like peep shows or was a stripper like what if i was like down on my luck and i needed a strip and i like think about it and it's like part of me i think would genuinely be like hey fucking money is money and like sex yeah. work is work yeah. like that's fine yeah, absolutely but then it's like, um, I feel like I would I would need to have the space away from the person. Like, I don't think I would want to see people masturbating or, like, I wouldn't want to necessarily, like, if I was on stage, I wouldn't want the, like, audience to be well lit. Uh-huh. Like, I would know that there's an audience there and that's fine, but I wouldn't really want to see them. You, and I have, like, yeah. really, a really hard time if somebody tells me to masturbate in front of them and they watch... I have a very hard time with it. Really? And is it, it is it sort of like the fear of you're you're trying to put on the best performance for them? Yeah, it like takes me out of the space to be able to focus on like coming or like enjoying myself. And uh-huh. now I think it's because it's in my personality because I'm very much like I'm here. Yeah. Hello. And I'm like always aware of like how I behave and how I act. Mm-hmm. I'm very much like a sh- like a showwoman in that way. Uh-huh. And it's hard for me to disconnect putting on a show and enjoying myself sexually. I would can't it, combine the two. It's would it, very hard. Would it be different between like someone who's been a constant lover or like no. someone you had relationship a relationship with versus like no. really? Yeah, versus- like so it's like and, and I've had it incorporated into play mm-hmm. where basically it's humiliating for me. And like really that for me, like, being more submissive or being, like, a little and, and, like, being told by, like, your dawn, like, masturbate for me. It's, like, that's fun and that's interesting to me. But it's not fun and interesting to me because it's an exhibi- uh, act of exhibitionism. It's interesting to me because it's an act of humiliation and control ex- and power exchange. And huh. that is satisfying me because I know that by me doing this act, it's satisfying their need for voyeurism. And then mm-hmm. that brings me gratification. But uh, the act of that exhibitionism is not what is satisfying. So you're using it as a stepping stone for another channel of gratification Correct. versus you're getting pleasure from the voyeurism act itself. Correct. So I think that, you know, like we have friends that like mm-hmm. have varying um, levels of like sexuality and yeah. interests. And like one of our friends, um, like they are moving through a space where like they're trying to connect with their partner in different ways and in new ways. Mm-hmm. And I know that there are difficulties and there are challenges in, in that like they want to try new things. Their partner may not be into the same thing. And we've all experienced that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really always important to be like, hey, I'm really into exhibitionism Uh and i and i would really like to record us or i'd really like to do this and then your partner 
can in turn be like, wow, that is a huge turnoff. I do not want to do that for a whole variety of reasons. Yeah. And it's within their right to say no. Absolutely. And there can be a way to, to find a middle ground there. So say, mm-hmm. cause you're an exhibitionist, right? Mm-hmm. So like, say this is you and like your partner is like, I don't, I don't want to record ourselves. And, but you still have this need for exhibitionism. Mm-hmm. There's ways to go around that to be like, cool. Well, can we have sex in front of a mirror? Yeah. Or can I commission artwork of from an artist to depict us having a sex act? Mm-hmm. Like, and so there's ways to kind of like fulfill everybody's sexual needs without, um, wh- while still maintaining consent and mm-hmm. still um, really honoring everybody's needs within it. Mm-hmm. I think sort of exerting your will on the other person is never okay. Yeah. Like, for example, like for me being told to like masturbate, like in my mind, I want to please this person mm-hmm. and I don't find it to be a violation of my privacy to do that. If I look at it from a specific angle, uh-huh. but you know, like there have been sexual partners that I've been with where like they want to record me and some of them I'm like, yeah, fuck it. Absolutely. Like, mm-hmm. I know this is going to bring me joy, bring you joy. But then there have been a couple that I'm like, ew, no, because is it, is it like the level of trust? It is the level of trust. It's also um, one person in particular viewed their collection with a great deal of pride and it was almost like a trophy thing which is fine that is fine but because i knew where they were coming from and how it was being used i did not want to be a trophy yeah so and that's well within your rights and that's well within my rights so that's the other thing too is like to sit there and say well i know you've recorded videos for one person or like to go up to a stripper and be like strip for me. It's like, well, just because I strip for my job doesn't mean I'm going to strip whenever yeah. just because I'm a porn star doesn't mean that <laughs> I'm going to do shit in my private life. So it, again, it's like, it's all, con- it's all contextual. It's all consensual. It's always consent should always be like timely. I think, Absolutely. Yeah. In that regard. Yeah. And it should always be okay to say no. And like, it's like having anal sex with somebody on a regular basis. And then one day you don't want to have anal sex you can't leverage and be like, well, you had anal sex with me on Tuesday. It's Thursday. What's the difference? It's like, yeah. well, I just don't feel like it. Leave yeah. my booty hole alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I feel like with exhibitionism and voyeurism, you really have to be like really cognizant of all of that. Yeah. And at the end of the day, your booty hole is your booty hole. Your booty hole is your booty hole. <laughs> Moral of the story. Moral of the story. Um, but yeah, so um, there is, so kind of going back on track yeah. um, on some like stats and facts. Um, there is some data showing that voyeurs and exhibitionists are both more sexually active. And that's, I think that this goes across a, a lot of kinks and, and sexualities. Mm-hmm. Um, and that they are both sexual in general, being um, open to and experimenting with sexual acts, as well as like, having more sex more often in terms of frequency, masturbating mm-hmm. more often, things like that. Yeah. Um, I do have some, and I know we both have uh, facts on studies. Mm-hmm. The only one that I've found, and I'm so excited that you have more than I do. <laughs> I have uh, some studies sh- show that men are more exhibitionist than women. Mm-hmm. Um, 4% versus like 2%. And then also more voyeuristic um, by about like, 11.5% versus 4%. Huh. Um, but I think you have stats a little bit more in depth than that, Yeah, right? so uh, I found an article. There was a, a team of researchers at the Karolinska, Karolinska Institute in Sweden. Uh, they surveyed a random sample of just under 2,500 uh, Swedish people, uh-huh. ages 18 to 60. And they found that 76 reported which is 3.1 percent they reported at least one incident of feeling sexually aroused by exposing their genitals to a stranger huh uh men were way more exhibitionistic than women uh at 4.1 percent versus 2.1 percent yeah i think we were looking at a similar study yeah yeah and i think that it's uh you know just to sort of define what exhibitionism is it's the Mm -hmm. exposure of a body part that can uh, normally be covered like boobs private parts Mm -hmm. butts it can also be like so um when i was in italy it was in milan i um growing up in southern california there's a very specific way that we dress Uh lots of leg yeah legs are very sexy in italy (laughs) and they tend to cover up that part of their body more often same Mm -hmm. thing with um korea japan yeah you see a whole lot of leg in those countries yeah um, contrary wise, um, the neck, the chest, um, the decollage sort of area mm-hmm. of women in, um, Japan especially is considered to be very sexy. So you can argue 
that, you know, in America, wearing a low-cut shirt is, like, nothing, right? Like, it's, yeah. like, whatever. In Southern California, for example. Whereas when I was in Chicago, I was getting stared at because I was showing a lot of skin. Mm-hmm. Same thing in Japan. If you're showing yeah. a whole lot of chest, but the rest of your body's covered up, you are being, like, very exhibitionist. Yeah. Because in that part of the world, that is, like, a part of the body that's not shown very yeah. often. And, and it doesn't even have to be body parts, too. That could be rolled into clothing fetishes. Like True. people trying to get a peep at panties. Yeah. Or pantyhose. Or a bra. Or a bra. Or a bra strap. Yeah. Yeah. And especially like in a Muslim culture, um, that could be formed as a, as a form of, that could be viewed as a form of exhibitionism. Yeah. Or, and moral or even, indecency. Or even, you know, like people just trying to do like peeping Tom things, like trying yeah. to take video of random strangers or pictures of random strangers. And that, that again goes back to the whole non-consent. Right. You know, you're, you're stepping on really illegal grounds. Yeah. Yeah, and then you know you can you can also like things like um, walking around your house, yeah, in your privacy of your own home, mm-hmm. and like you're walking by like your partner, and then you flash them. Technically, that is not considered exhibitionism. Exhibitionism is usually is is termed as exposing yourself to a stranger in uh-huh. an unusual space. So if you're exposing yourself to your partner, that is not considered exhibitionism. Interesting. Um, and then some like sort of interesting terms and types of exhibitionism I have mm-hmm. discovered. Um, flashing, like Girls Gone Wild, Mardi yeah. Gras. There's like whole events all around the world where like this is a thing and really popular. Yeah. Um, mooning. But mooning it is a form of exhibitionism, but it's usually made to like make fun of something. Mm-hmm. Or like flashing or um, uh, uh, streaking. Yeah. Um, you have reflecto porn. Reflecto porn. Do you want to guess what reflecto porn is? Uh, is mirrors and lasers. <laughs> mirrors and lasers. <laughs> it's a rave. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, I mean, yeah. So it's it's uh very common in Europe and really popular in Europe. It's basically um t- taking pornography, right? Uh-huh. Photography, and it's reflections of naked people in objects. And it'd be interesting. It so like, but it wouldn't be like a mirror or like a window pane. It so would be, be like, like a vase, a vase, a fork, a kettle, um, the stem of a lamp. Um, and it, it, I thought that that was really interesting. That's really fascinating. Yep. So I'm wondering, I'm wondering if that's a turn on for people because they're viewing an object as part of the scene and it's setting that kind of vibe. It's like a little secret. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I think that's why it's like, and I think it, it, it gives a twist a little bit to sort of that sort of por- pornography as yeah. well. But yeah, uh, should we go into history? Yeah, let's do it. Cool. So you're going to be excited because you love Greek shit. Woo! Greek shit, Greek shit. Greek shit. The ancient Greek historian Herodotus gives an account of an exhibitionist behavior from the 5th century BC in the histories. Ooh. Prepare thyself. When people travel to Bubistus for the festival, this is what they do. Mm-hmm. Every bari carrying them there overflows with people, a huge crowd of them, men and women together. Some of the women have clappers, while some of the men have pipes which they play throughout the voyage. Mm-hmm. The rest of the men and women sing and clap their hands. When in the course of their journey they reach a community, not the city of their destination, but somewhere else, they steal the berries close to the bank. Huh. Some of the women carry on doing as what I had already described them as doing, but others mm-hmm. shout out scornful remarks to the women in the town or dance or stand and pull up their clothes to expose themselves. Every Riverside huh. community receives this treatment. That's interesting. It kind of sounds like an ancient girl's gone wild. It does. It yeah. does, right? And I think that there's something really interesting in in this sort of mooning people and flashing people that it's like, I'm never going to see this person ever again. Yeah. So look at my tit or yeah, like, look, look at my at, boobs or like yeah. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the term exhibitionist was first termed in 1877 by Charles Lesgue, uh, mm-hmm. Lesgue, 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 um, who was a French physician and psychiatrist. Um, Napoleon's third, Napoleon the Third's minister, Charles de Morny, and this is like late 1800s, uh-huh. was an early patron of um, pornography, of like photography, because that was kind mm. of on the rise. And he, what he would do is he would have these large gatherings and he would display photos at them. Interesting. Very French. Yeah. Um, and then, of, of course, a form of like a live performance that has people doing some sort of sexy times or stripping on stage has been around for a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and these can be like acts of sexy, sexy times 
or they could be simulated acts. Uh-huh. Um, for example, the term striptease originates in 1938. That modern. But um, stripping itself is documented to have gone at least back 400 years. Um, an mm. example of this would be, um, I think this was a French um, French or British or English um, writing of the Dance of the Bee. Ooh. And what this is, is uh, the dancer would search for an imaginary bee in their clothing. And in this sort of frantic search, the dancer would like strip off one layer of clothing and then another layer of clothing and another layer of clothing. And it was basically this big guise. Huh. It was like this story yeah. or like a reason to take off your clothes. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite books, Memoirs of a Geisha, um, alludes to, uh, it's called The Dances in the River. And mm-hmm. it's of um, women in kimono. Um, pretending to wade into a river, and as they get deeper and deeper into the river, they're re- mm-hmm. they're they're raising the hem of their kimono huh. because they don't want to get their kimono wet, mm-hmm. and so it's like they're raising it and raising it until it finally shows Reveals, off, yeah. yeah, their lower parts. So I thought that was really interesting. That's it's really like we've, interesting. Uh, we've used of some form of stripping for hundreds of years. Yeah, but I find it really funny how back then it was more tied into telling a story. Yeah. So, like, the striptease was part of the experience. Right. And I think that there's, even in a private setting, like, I think if you just bust into your, like, bedroom where your husband's reading the newspaper and then you just strip all of your clothes down, that's going to have one effect as opposed Uh to, like, sort of doing a bit of a striptease. Yeah. I think we as humans um, are drawn to some level of storytelling and anticipation. It's kind of like role play. It is. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think that that just again we we as humans we we like being taken on adventures we like mm-hmm. being given stories um you know like for example um in the 1960s and 70s in the laotian capital of um, Vietnam, they were famous for sex shows and uh-huh. like ping pong shows during the vietnam war and so, hmm. like, there's this writer, this travel writer, Paul Thoreau, who talks about in, like, the 1970s, um, there was uh, there was these women, these waitresses dancing naked. Uh-huh. And then suddenly what she would, what one of the waitresses would do is they would get on a chair. <coughs> they would take a cigarette. They would put it into their vagina. What the? And light it. And they what? would puff the cigarette with their vagina. That is... What? That is a thing. That is a thing. Yeah, so, like, it's interesting. And, like, you hear about, like, donkey shows and things like that. So yeah. So you do have sort of this, like, extreme level of it. Where Almost it's like just, a carnival atmosphere. It's very carnival. Yeah. And, again, like, carnivals, um, vaudeville shows. Like, we've mm-hmm. always, like, going all the way back to, like, the gladiator days. We've always yeah. enjoyed watching people do weird shit to their yeah. bodies. <laughs> both in the macabre and sort of entertainment. But yeah. also... I mean, people love going to circuses. People love yeah. watching basketball games. People love um, the Olympics. Like, all yeah. of these things are uh, a form of entertainment. Yeah. And and I feel like strip shows and sex shows and voyeurism is is just inherently in our nature. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, there's also um, the, um, the sort of the golden age of porn. Mm-hmm. And um, it really took off in 19, like the 1960s, it was like ni- the 60s to the 80s, mm-hmm. but it really started in the 1969, um, went, heh, 69, yeah. um, nice. the Blue Movie mm-hmm. done by Andy Warhol, and it had wide theatrical distribution across the United States. Wow. And um, it was the first erotic film depicting sex, like sex, sex. And mm-hmm. um, that kind of kicked off the golden age of porn, which is 1969 to 1984. It includes movies like Deep Throat from 1974 mm-hmm. by Lisa Lovelace, Linda Lovelace, excuse me. Uh-huh. Um, and then you you kind of see sort of the general porn industry re- pulling in millions and billions and billions of dollars, right? Like yeah. for, during this time. Yeah. Well, it was also a time when, you know, sexuality was finally being accepted into modern culture because he had the sexual revolution of the 60s yep continuing into the 70s and the 80s yep yeah and you see sort of the lgbt community starting to get more prominence and uh, just having conversations around relationships and sex at the time Mm -hmm. um and then of course like the 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 at home 
sort of revolution in the internet has really changed the porn industry. Mm -hmm. Um, But I really wanted to touch on one more thing, uh, sort of in this timeline in the 80s. There were peeping clubs in Japan called Nozo Kibiea. Nozo Kibeya. And so in the 1980s, there were 13 of these sorts of clubs in Tokyo. And what would happen is customers would pay to sit in a private cubicle. Mm -hmm. And they would watch through a hole a girl strip and pose and then finally masturbate. Interesting. And so you still see this sort of culture in Asia today. Really? Yeah. Um, That kind of sounds a little bit like... The red light district in Amsterdam. Yeah. Sort of like that. Totally. And which is the place I've actually always wanted to go to. Again, for purely voyeuristic purposes. (laughs) Um, But yeah, you know, like the Pornhub, RedTube, YouPorn, all of these things have really chipped away at sort of this larger adult entertainment industry. Mm -hmm. Um, And you really see all of this changing with the internet age yeah so i think one of the most um common things this is what we were talking about earlier like cam girling and things like Uh that um pretty much ever since we've had uh webcams and the internet we've had cam girls yeah and i i think it's because in modern society this is the first time where you've had access to an audience right from your home for very little money or for free to anybody to anybody yeah and um so i thought something that was interesting to talk about was chat roulette mm-hmm. did you ever go on chat roulette i i've gone on chat roulette a few times with just for like the the sheer like curiosity of it yeah How, what was like, your experience like it was funny because like i only ran into like two girls flashing and then there's a dude jacking off and then a bunch of drunk college students just like laughing on cam because okay. they were on chat roulette doing the same doing thing. the same thing. So did you know that chat roulette was started by a 17 year old What in Russia? Really? And it started off as um, like 20 users and it exploded. It's oh, crazy. And um, it was like super popular in the 2010s and um, it got out of control really quickly because it was really mm. popular with younger kids because usually teens and preteens are the first ones. And this is this is just like a cultural phenomenon. Teens mm-hmm. and preteens are usually the ones that start a trend. That's Absolutely. just the reality of Absolutely. how our society works. Especially now with uh, the rise of social media apps. and Totally. Yeah. You know, Instagram and then Snapchat and now it's TikTok. Now it's TikTok. Now yeah. it's going to be something else. Yeah. yeah so, um because of that there were a lot of younger people on chat roulette and chat roulette was very popular for webcamming it was also the wild west it was totally the wild (laughs) west because there was very little moderation at the time Mm -hmm. and um yeah so that's that is a thing um i didn't know this but my free cams is one of the largest sites that is actually still around it was launched in 2002 wow and it's still around that's surprising that's like yahoo's still being around (laughs) yeah uh, it's funny because whenever I go to an adult site, I get a pop-up ad for my free cams. Right, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, it's it's still around, and um, you you see a lot of um, cam girls sort of on Twitch. You see them kind of being like, "Hey, like add me on Kick. Like you can subscribe, mm-hmm. however much money, and then you can have access to my Snapchat." Yeah. So you see people that do do camming and that sort of like kinky stuff mm-hmm. um or like exhibitionist voyeurist stuff um but they they use platforms like not to scare people away from twitch or think that there are horrible people on twitch because yeah. twitch is a great community yeah um but they are respectful and they are very aware of sort of the grounds the, and the boundaries of like what is and isn't appropriate because there are a lot yeah. of these people are women and they yeah. are very sensitive to the fact that there are children so they yeah. are not exposing themselves on twitch no your children are safe on twitch yeah <laughs> um and the way that they do things is it's like hey if you want to have sort of more exclusive access to me mm-hmm. then you could sign up to my snapchat and like especially like patreon yeah especially patreon um i've seen this big shift especially with the cosplay community i feel like the cosplay community in and of itself is it's a very inclusive group and they're they're more open about their sexuality and their their lifestyles yeah I've seen this huge rise with cosplayers that tend to do professional style photo shoots. Yeah. 
um, they feel comfortable enough to do loot, what's called loot photo shoots, which is more their characters in a much more sexual fashion or maybe like striptease right. or, you know, nude photos. Yeah, it'll be like Sailor Moon in lingerie yeah. or Sailor Moon masturbating. Yeah, like um, or like Diva from Overwatch in a, in a bunny suit. Yeah. Te- like strip teasing. Yeah. And I do see a lot of those gifts because we are both on BDSMbler. Yeah. I do see a lot of those gifts coming from BDSMbler or going to BDSMbler from mm-hmm. sort of the patrons of, of these cam girls, essentially. Yeah. Um, cam people, actually, because the, there's ma- non, um, non-binary, male, female, all yeah. sorts of different types of people doing these sorts of things. But cam girl is sort of the ubiquitous term for all of these different yeah. types of yeah. people. Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like at the end of the day, really be sure that like you're enjoying your kink with consenting adults. Absolutely. Um, again, like to review, like consent must be timely. It needs to be clear. And the person has to be of the age and mental condition to give consent. Mm-hmm. So in America, that is 18 and over, sober, not under the influence of anything, yeah. awake, <laughs> like, <laughs> not on medication, not drunk, not, you know, like high. Um, yeah. And like, do not expose yourself or put yourself into a position or your partner where you could um, be exposed to an audience that has not given consent, which is like other adults, children, mm-hmm. um, things yeah. like that. Um, and even if you are putting yourself out in in the open for the internet to see um it's wise if you're if you're broadcasting to this anonymous audience that you keep that completely separate from your personal life yeah or personal info because you don't you don't really want to have a coworker or your boss like run into these photos or videos yeah i mean at the end of the day um you and i were raised with the internet right yeah. and like we we remember a time when there was no internet when um you had some level of privacy almost. Yeah. And like my parents kind of still don't understand like why do you talk about your personal life on the internet? Why do you share, you know, about your anxiety and your and your depression and mm-hmm. like they don't understand sort of my perspective of the whole thing which is like the world is a different place from what how they were like people are less judgy about these sorts of things, mm-hmm. but um people are allowed to think what they want to think. And you could have a boss that may not understand your kink or your lifestyle. They, um, they might judge you for it. Um, and, and so it, I, I feel like, like with everything, um, you want to be mindful of who you're telling this information to. Just like if you really enjoy getting drunk on Friday nights, like it's, yeah. if you're old enough and you're 21 and over and you enjoy getting drunk on the weekends like that is your prerogative but your boss may feel differently and so your kink is no different um so be 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 mindful and careful about who you share this information with Mm -hmm. you and i for example we don't advertise who we are in real life because um we just i don't want to have to answer weird questions yeah like if if somebody finds out that i'm doing this podcast and they're close to me then like cool great like let's have a conversation about it but i don't want to like blast it to the world and then not have really control over who knows this information about me um i think it's really interesting that with the age of the internet with sort of cam girling having these cosplayers um take on the opportunity to like share something that they love with other people. Yeah. You do also see these parallels of um, having control of what your image is. Mm-hmm. Um, you actually see this in celebrity life. So I read a really mm-hmm. interesting article the other day. Here we are on, going on to back to the tangents um, <laughs> about um, paparazzi uh-huh. and how in the past decade, social media has greatly influenced um, paparazzis and um, now that I think about it also sort of our perception on nudes and lewds and uh-huh. selfies because back in the day Paris Hilton really became famous because her sex tape was leaked online 10-15 years later somebody like Jennifer Lawrence her nudes are leaked and there's a huge public outcry of how could you fucking do this to this person yeah. whereas back in the day it was like everyone wanted to see One Night in Paris and it was yeah. almost like a joke yeah. And it was like, cool, like we have access to this thing and there'd be this sort of grossness around it. And now um, artists and, and both male and female have a little bit more control over their image and their information yeah. and they're taking power away from sort of TMZ and the paparazzi 
and they can frame the conversation around their bodies, around yeah. their personal lives. Yeah, like there, there's that element of shame that people yes. want to put upon them. Um, I remember a few years ago, uh, a couple of WWE wrestlers had a sex tape, actually a threesome. Cool. Um, it, it was two two male wrestlers and one of the female wrestlers on the roster. And then afterwards, like the, the tape had leaked and then there was like, oh my God, you know, we saw this, you know, this wrestler naked and everything. And then they were just like, yeah, the tape was consensual. We were doing a consensual sexual acts, and we're all consenting adults. But was releasing the tape consensual? It was not. That's the thing. Yeah. So, like, there's always these, like, really fine lines about, like, what is and isn't consensual and, like, mm-hmm. having control over the situation. And, like, what I was saying earlier, like, there are certain people that, like, have taken photos of me naked. I've sent them photos of me naked. Mm-hmm. Um, and even then, I've been very cautious about who that person is, how much I expose myself... What the video is. There's that level of trust. And there's a level of trust. You're not going to, like, fucking, like, sell me out. And, like, you're going to at least have a conversation with me about it. Mm -hmm. Um, And also just the nature of which that that person's going to use this stuff. Mm -hmm. And, like, you know, they don't have, like, some person in their life that would expose me by finding this data. There's, like, no ulterior, ulterior motive. Yeah. Just being aware and sensitive that, like, it's okay to have kinks. Um, it's not okay to like exert your kink on other people. Um, and with that, videotaping or peeping on your partner is not okay if mm-hmm. they're not okay with it. Yeah. Like, I think I would be weirded out if like I found out that my husband had a spy cam. It would weird me out. Yeah, it'd be weird. I don't mind that he takes videos or photos of me, but like it would be weird to know that he's monitoring me without my knowledge. Like if I had a conversation and it was like, hey, I have this idea. I think it'd be really fun or sexy if like I put up a camera somewhere in the house. Yeah. And I was recording you. Would that be interesting to you? And yeah. it's like we could have a conversation about that. Yeah. Or, you know, like. but and, Yeah, because there's, there's that level of cassette. Like, yeah. About or, spying. Yeah. Or if I'm like in the bathroom and i'm changing and my husband comes in he's like have to pee yeah and i'm like naked like knocking on the door being like can i come in i have to pee and then like he sees me and i'm naked like and Uh he's like checks me out like that's fine yeah right so there's like levels of it where it's just like if you're not sure um it's better to just have a conversation with people don't be a weirdo yeah don't be a creep but and at the same time don't be afraid to ask yeah and and again like this is a conversation that like I feel it is important, ha- worth having. Any sort of looking at, peeping, taking photo- photography of, videos of yourself as a minor, mm-hmm. or you are 16 and your girlfriend is 16 and she takes a naked photo and now you have it, you have child porn. Yep. Facts. Yep. Like, I'm sorry. Like, it's that's just the reality of the law and like do not put yourself if you are underage do not put yourself into this position i know that like it's super easy for us as adults to like talk about this but like Uh i look back at the decisions that i made at 17 Mm -hmm. and a half yep and i'm like oh maybe i really shouldn't have taken that photo yeah you know and so it's like if there are people that are in your life or you yourself are listening to this podcast um just Please mm-hmm. wait until you're 18 and then, like, live your extra life. Yeah. <laughs> just please, for the love of yeah. God. Like, the legal repercussions and bullshit of all of that is just not worth it. Yeah, especially nowadays where people can just find just your dirt sheet. Yeah. It's so easy stuff. to find it's this so stuff. so easy. And so just, like, just don't, please don't do it. If you're, yeah. like, for the love of God, if you're 12, like, no. 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 If you're 12, what are you doing on I this actually, podcast? I actually, right, if you're 12, please... You should have turned this off an hour ago. Chuck your phone into the unsubscribe pool. Unsubscribe if you're 12. Un- unsubscribe and throw your phone into a pool. <laughs> I actually listened to, uh, listened to, saw, maybe it was on TikTok. Maybe this was a GIF. I don't remember. Uh-huh. It was a really great meme. And it was like, if you take naked photos of yourself and you're 17, uh-huh. you are 12. <laughs> if you are taking photos of yourself and you're 16, you are 12. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter if you're like... 17 and 11 months you are fucking 12. 12 in the eyes of the law you are 12 yeah you are 12 period yep like i'm sorry yeah. i know you have an adult looking body i know that you have adult look- yeah just you're you are 12 yeah i'm sorry unless unless you're in some european country where the website's under like certain european laws because i think 
the age there is 17. But then, but even if then, you have a photo of a 17 year old in and America, you come to the United States, yeah, they are 12. Yeah, in the absolutely. eyes of the law. So don't just, yeah. Wow, this. Let's change the subject. Yes. So, so, so let's end this on a more positive note. So you you are into voyeurism or yeah. exhibitionism. Yeah. Um, here are some sort of notes, thoughts, um, suggestions on enjoying your kink, um, uh-huh. in a safe way. Yeah. Um. So. Buying someone's nudes or videos and the person in the media has not consented to it. It's not okay. Not okay. So if there's any way that you could check to make sure that you have that person's consent to own this, um, better to be safe than sorry. Um, Having sex in your bedroom with the windows open um, is likely not intentional indecent exposure. So Uh there's like boundaries to this, right? So like if your bedroom faces the street and you are across the street from an elementary school... That's going to cause problems. Yep. So get some fucking curtains. Yep. If or, you... or some sound soundproof windows. Yeah. Double like, pane. Be smart. Yeah. Right? But it is not considered indecent exposure if you are walking around your house and you're naked because it's hot outside and then a neighbor walks by or the postman walks by and sees your ass. Yeah. You're technically in the privacy of your own home, but there are those sort of like the gray areas. So just yeah. like be smart. Yeah. Um, having sex on the balcony of a hotel room facing the pool is indecent exposure and you can yes. get into trouble. Yes. So I get that you're in Vegas and you're having a good time and you're drunk and this is your kink. But if you are at the poolside balcony and there's children down there or an old man or an old woman and they see yeah. you having sex on the balcony, that is indecent exposure. Yes, absolutely. So take, it, take it inside the bedroom. Take it inside the bedroom next to the balcony. Yeah. And then yeah. maybe not yeah. so bad, but I don't know. Yeah. So just be aware. Um, there are gray areas as well, such as like, Nudity in California, there's actually, like, you can be naked in California. Mm-hmm. Um, there are nude beaches. There's um, a resort in Palm Springs that is, like, a nudist resort. Mm-hmm. Totally okay. Um, and they and I've seen that resort. They have very high walls. So oh, wow. they, there are spaces where you can enjoy being, um, they're called naturalists. Yeah, yeah. Um, that could totally be a thing that you can enjoy as an adult um, <laughs> around another adult. Adult. Consenting adult. In a space that is totally okay. Yeah. Um, And then there's also um, various parts of Southern California where being naked is okay, like hiking. Really? But, again, um, you have to do your research, do your due diligence, because um, there are, like, nudist and and naturalist sort of groups that Mm -hmm. do hikes through the Appalachians, that do the Pacific Northwest Trail, Uh um, and you can do it naked. Mm -hmm. Um, Somebody that I actually know in the BDSM, um, the rope scene, their um, Instagram handle is, like, basically, like, a nudist thing, and, Uh like, they post photos of themselves, like, out hiking in California naked. But I, I know that this person goes out of their way to make sure that they're on a trail that is remote. There's um, These websites do give advice on like how to do these things, where to do these things. They're yeah. very pro-safety. Um, like, yeah. For example, um, Poison Oak, sunscreen, right? Yeah. So on one yeah, hand. Absolutely. But they also talk a lot about like we don't want you guys, we don't want to promote you guys exposing yourselves to other humans that may not enjoy such a thing. So maybe go on the weekday. Yeah. Things like that. Like so, like. like Extra privacy. Yeah, yeah. Like, just be mindful. Be aware. Know the laws. Know yeah. sort of be prepared that if you see somebody on the trail coming up, maybe you could put something over yourself. I don't know. But, like, yeah. just while there are um, areas and spaces where you can do these things, it's better to be safe than sorry. Yeah. Um, always ask questions when you're in doubt. Um, if you're exposing yourself, especially your private areas. Yeah. Um, and also, like... Rubbing your PP against another person's PP <laughs> at a nudist beach may not be okay. Yeah. So that's the other thing too is like, okay, so you're at a, at a resort and it's a naked resort. Say, so you're at the Palm Springs resort. Yeah. Um, and you start fucking in the resort. Um, that might actually not be an okay thing. Like, no. I get that it's okay to be Because it may be, yeah, maybe like it's fine to be nudist, but they're looking at it from a non-sexual point of view. Yeah. So just the fact that you're... Having sex out in public could be a big no-no for them. Totally. And yeah. again, like same thing with like a lot of um, swingers parties, a lot yeah. of dungeons, kink parties. 
you're allowed to like basically be topless or partially naked mm-hmm. but some places are like no you have to have like you can't just have a nightgown on like you have to have on both top bottom underwear yeah or no you cannot be naked um yeah. i know that um when i was doing uh rope classes most people would usually ask to what level may I undress? Because some people really enjoy the feeling of rope on their bodies uh-huh. and they might enjoy like knowing that other people can see them half naked. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've been and, and like, they're like, as long as you're in your underwear, we don't care. Yeah. And then I've been to other things where it's like, we would rather you be like wearing clothing, like yeah. cover, cover the peepees. Yeah. <laughs> cover your peepee. But like having your boobs open with pasties on is okay. It, yeah. Like, so it's just, Always, always ask questions. Always, always be err on the side of caution. Err on the side of caution. Know the laws. Know the rules. Don't assume consent. Don't assume that what you're doing is illegal. Mm-hmm. And don't be a creeper. Don't be a creeper. And and always keep it consensual. Because when you do, that's when the fun stuff begins. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's everything. I think that was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And we didn't record like a three hour episode for once. Yeah, like like the past three. I know. Cool. Well, right, I'm, I'm happy to be back. I'm happy you're back. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see, see you like, for the next one. Enjoy your uh, time posting photos on Reddit for everybody to see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Have All a right. good night. Bye. Bye. Kinks and Fandoms.